Welcome back. Another little rendition of Yancey's Tidbits. Hayden King here hosting this bad boy. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself joining me, Mr. Yancey Porter. Yancey, what's happening, brother? How was your weekend? Man, you know, it was good. Uh, it wasn't as nice as if I was in Key West, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I may do. I may do. Uh, did, Margarita's did, the bachelor, in, did the bachelor party go on without you? It did. It did. I will say they probably had less of a good time because I wasn't there, but there nonetheless... Uh, things got done, and now we're back to the grind. Big Monday. Uh, let's start things off. Ole Miss basketball, unfortunately, not getting a win on Saturday on the road down there in Florida. 62-57 the final. Of course, that game went to overtime. The Rebs actually led at the half, which is the first time they've led in Gainesville since 1999. Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, every time it seems like they play at Florida, they lose it right there on the buzzer. Last shot, you know, this year um, they got the ball uh, last possession to go down and win the game and uh, didn't didn't make the shot. Um, you know, just a tough loss, just one that you felt like you should have won. Uh, not maybe quite as much as the Tennessee game, but yeah. one definitely you feel like, uh, you know, you should have won that game uh, – to be in that position to win the game there right. at the end without roughing yes. uh, was not something probably anybody expected besides the basketball team. Uh, you know, they're that's an NCAA uh, quality team on the road without roughing. Right. It was a grind. You know, offensively, we saw the difference uh, with Joyner playing the point guard and, and Austin Kroll um, versus roughing. You know, Joyner is a natural shooting guard and – he just doesn't get it in the spots. He doesn't create easy buckets for – that's nothing against him right. at all. I mean, the guy played 40 minutes after a month ago having back surgery. Correct. Unbelievable courage from him. And, and um, you know, he's one of the best guards in the league. But point guard just is not his natural spot. And it just showed offensively the rhythm, the timing that they had. No alley-oops, uh, right. you know, with roughing and really kind of – gotten in a big-time rhythm there with Brooks. And, you know, they weren't able to get the ball down low to Brooks enough. And that goes back to your point guard position. And it's something Ole Miss is going to have to deal with the rest of the year. Right. You know, Ruffin's out, and there's nothing you can do about it tonight season. That's right. And uh, it was good seeing Jark Hill Joyner back, of course, uh, after that uh, long layoff with the back injury. He had seven points. Ty Fagan led the Revs with 15 himself. Um, and the killer though, only 18 points scored in the second half. I mean, that's not, you're not going to win a game that way. Yeah. They, they just went into a shooting slump, but you know, really Florida started extending its defense a little bit. Um, you know, they made some adjustments and again, once those adjustments are made and you don't have a point guard creating buckets, getting it in the right spots for the rest of the team, you know, there's a lot of passing around the perimeter, a lot of late. Uh, shot clock right. attempts. Um, you know, not as many offensive rebounds as they had in the first half. Uh, you know, there it's just something. Luckily, Ole Miss has an extra day of preparation. They don't play Bama until Wednesday this week. Right. So that'd give them another extra day to, uh, you know, kind of find their identity there at point guard. And we'll hear from Kermit Davis on the Rebel Yell hotline tonight and see what he has to say about it all. But, you know, it's probably going to be about what we're saying right now. It's just they've got to get readjusted with Joyner there at the point. 
Yeah, and I think they will. I wasn't really expecting too much out of him after the layoff. It was good to see him get some minutes and get seven points, but I didn't think he was going to come back after a back injury and just light it up. I mean, that's just not feasible, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he was uh, trying to see here. He was three for ten in the field. I mean, he was rusty shooting it. Um, Right. You know, I wish they could have gotten the ball down to Brooks down low there on that last possession there to win the game. And, you know, they got to the shot clock down at the end and, and took a kind of a wild shot, I, th- I believe, by Joyner mm-hmm. um, there. Um, you know, so – but, I mean, the guy, you know, he gave it his all. He got, uh, you know, four rebounds and assist, uh, a block. Um, you know, he – He's uh he's gonna get better and better, um, and that will allow Ole Miss to continue to prove. But you know, I like the way Luis Rodriguez is playing right now. I do That's too. a guy that was really kind of went through about a ten game slump, and about the last five games is getting better and better and better. Um, you know, he scored eight points, but he had eleven rebounds and assists. Yep two blocks, a steal, you know, the junkyard dog. And that's what Ole Miss has to have from Rodriguez really to be able to survive this, the yes. injuries. Uh, and he's getting better and better. Um, you know, you need Kroll to to continue. He, he maybe took a little step back last game compared to what he had been playing the last three or four games before that. But I do like the direction he's headed in as well. Um, you know, they got to get Fagan under control sometimes. Just yeah. a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, you know, but um, I mean, he's 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 a dynamite player. You know, it's just that every possession is so critical right now. Um, he so is I gotta ask. So is Sammy Hunter just gone back to the Bahamas now? Are we not gonna see him <sighs> on the floor anymore? Well, Eric Van Van Deer's uh, kind of taking his role there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, heck, he got in the game. He missed that missed his only shot attempt, but he got four rebounds. He got a block. He was blocking people out, allow other people to get the rebounds. He's doing the little little nitty gritty stuff that sure. Sammy quite wasn't doing. Sammy's kind of thinking he's Michael Jordan, yeah, you know, hanging out at the three point line, shooting right. it with three guys in his face, not blocking out. And um, I think enough was enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, nonetheless, Rebs unfortunately getting the loss in overtime there, sixty two fifty seven the final from Florida. And you mentioned the Rebs will be back at home this Wednesday taking on Alabama, who's Trying to figure out, eh, kind of finding their way. They're about 500, actually a game below 500 in the SEC right now. So they're trying to decide how the rest of their season's going to go. So a big game for the Rebs. And then, of course, uh, they will be back on the road on Saturday, taking on Mizzou, hopefully to get some revenge after they beat the brakes off the Rebs when they were here a couple of weeks ago. All right, Yancey, you were telling me that you went out and checked out some of the Ole Miss baseball inner squad scrimmages this weekend. How are them Diamond Rebs looking? Season just around the corner, my man. Man, I tell you what, um, it was a great weekend of ball. Yeah. As I told you off the air, they were not really using a lot of the veteran pitchers. They were using guys that they were trying to see if there was going to be a role for them this season. Um, some of the guys like Maltese last year that struggled at the end of the year to see if he's progressed. Um, but you know, I, I really like what I'm seeing from the team, the camaraderie. The uh, the thing that stood out to me, though, was 
One big old boy, Tyrone Malone. Man, how was that guy, man? I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'll be honest. I thought he was your typical football guy that plays baseball that's going to take two to three years like Ely or Plumley or any of these guys that we've seen in the past that have been football guys. I watched his swing a lot. As you know, I'm a huge baseball guy with right. my son in it. And, um, you know, watching him at the perfect games last year, watching that big old long swing, you know, a lot of swing and miss. Um but, I mean, it just totally blew me away because he's been in football, you know, training the whole summer, right. the whole fall. But somebody's done some tweaking with that swing. It is short and compact. He blasted one, I believe, 374 <laughs> oppo. Um, he hit one in the dirt. Um, it bounced about 25 feet up in the air right off of the bat and got through the infield, which is so unusual um, for anybody to be able to get it through the infield with a high bouncer like that. right? It probably hit it about four feet from the plate, and it took a huge bounce over the pitcher between second and shortstop to tell you the bat speed that he's creating. Yeah, um, Soft hands defensively, too. I think he's got a chance to kind of be that Kel Baker role. You know, when Tim Elko, he can't play every inning at first base. I mean, right. he's obviously going to be the guy there at first base, but he could get in some some relieve innings, you know, for Kel. I mean, excuse me, for Tim. You know, you know, a lot of games you're going to have – a lot of weeks you'll have five games a week. Right. Maybe get in five, nine innings a week, something like that. And then offensively, he's another weapon now. I mean, you know, you already got – you already got Kemp, uh, Alderman um, fighting uh, for spots. And, I mean, there's so many, so many players. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's really about five guys that you could say – or don't have a position right now that got great bats, and he's yeah. going to be included in that list. Um, Do you see him being like a DH most likely, or, or are you still kind of up in the air where you're going to see him place that on the well, roster? Well, I think I think he's going to be um, I think he's going to be a pinch hitter right okay. at the beginning, and then you know he'll probably get some DH in games, and as as he evolves and as he gets better and better, the role will increase. But he is going to have a role, and uh, you know he's a guy that um, that can really uh, cause a lot of problems. Um, he covered the outside of the plate. He covered the inside of the plate. He hit low balls for that huge home runs. He yeah. hit some high balls. Um, he's he's going to be good. Another thing that stood out to me was uh, Kemp Alderman, the okay. guy that you know I thought um, was going to take that next step. But we all know about the uh, the little slider curveball gave him problems last year. The all speed pitches and mm-hmm. and he really seemed to hand, handle them well. He got two big hits on the slider and a curve that I saw over the weekend. Uh, another guy that um, that you know, is really taking that next step forward, I think. Um, you know, another kind of uh, a hoof thing that, um, <laughs> that though, you know, what does he look like on the hoof? But Hayden Leatherwood, my gosh, that guy looks like he's gained about 30 pounds. Really? Not bad weight. Not bad weight? Just, you know, he's just thicker yeah. everywhere. Just his body is different this year. Um, you know, another guy that's fighting for at-bats along with Kemp, along with – um, you know, Tyrone Malone that we just talked about. Right. Um, you know, and then one more guy that really kind of caught my eye offensively was Reagan Burford, a guy okay. that had, you know, taken the third base job. Uh, you know, I I think he'll be the opening day third baseman, which is going to push uh, Justin Bitch there at the center field. 
Um, you know, right field now, I mean, you've got a host of players. You, do you slide McCants over there? You already have Leatherwood and Kemp Alderman fighting for that spot. So now if if Burford does continue to progress the way he is, that's really going to make a log jam there at right field. Obviously, one of those will be a DH right. out of those three guys. But, um, you know, just a lot of depth offensively, a lot of depth offensively. Another thing that I noticed uh, was the pitching. Uh, the freshman that there was a handful of the freshmen that pitched this weekend. Uh, they were all throwing it 92 to 94 miles an hour in the cold, cold weather. It was not warm this weekend. No, it was uh, not yeah. warm. So you can add another mile an hour to two mile an hour to that once things warm up. I haven't seen a group of freshmen that all pitched it with that velocity. I don't know if ever. You okay. Know, I, you know, a lot of guys are 86, 87, some 88, 89, but all those guys were, were pumping it up there in the 90 to 92, some in 94 range. Um, so I thought that uh, just the velocity of all the new guys uh, was really impressive. Um, and then the first chance to get a look at Calvin Harris playing catcher, that was another thing that kind of stood out to me last year. You know, he had the he had the shoulder injury. He couldn't play for, but DH for most of the season. Right. And he got in some first base uh, when, you know, Kel was struggling a little bit offensively there at the end of the year. But uh, it's good to see uh, Calvin in there. Um, you know, see see what he can do there behind the plate. Um, it's got good hands, got his good arm, and not not a not not a Dunhurst type arm, sure. but it's it's a good arm. Okay. Um, soft hands, uh, receives it well. I think he's a really solid defensive catcher. Uh, I think with the you know Knotts, uh, Lapasser, along with Hayden Dunhurst and Calvin Harris, uh, I think it's the best trio of catchers Ole Miss has had there in the Bianco era. Um, you haven't had three of that quality, I don't think, and I think Bianco has even said as much. Um, another interesting point that I heard was Max Trophy is not going to be able to start the season. Um, he, they're looking, they're shooting for March for him to come back during this rehab process. Bianco said he's hitting all of the, um, you know, the goals through this. I believe it's a 10-step process from the surgery he had, and he's he's clicking them all, but they're shooting for March. So he's not going to play those first couple weeks uh, for Ole Miss um, on the mound, but he should be back shortly. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I mean, obviously hate to see that he's not going to be there for opening day, at least the first month, but back in March, looking forward to having him back. He's, I feel like, a very intricate part of this Ole Miss baseball team. And, and one more thing. Yeah. Uh, he said that Derek Diamond is going to be the Friday starter. I kind of projected him to be the Sunday. Right. Um, but he is taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and he will be the opening day pitcher. Uh, Bianco's already said that. I'm, I'm sure Gaddis and, um, you know, they'll look at um, – Several guys, I think, but I think Gaddis and the Oregon State transfer, uh, Jack Washburn, mm-hmm. will battle for that Saturday, Sunday. If I still had to predict, uh, it'd be those two. But I mean, hey, look, um, you know, there's a lot of pitchers that are that are battling for those spots. I mean, I even heard that Brandon Johnson was doing a little bit from the beginning of on the mounds, doing some starting. But I still see him being the closer. 
Um, but there's going to be a lot of competition, a lot more depth than what Ole Miss saw last year, which should give them a little bit more wiggle room in case yeah. you have an injury like we saw last year with Gunnar Hoagland that really just kind of just set the team back. Another thing, uh, while I'm talking about the baseball, another thing that really stood out to me is Peyton Chattinger, a uh, guy that he had torn his hamstring last year, missed three or four weeks, and and maybe didn't have the range and the speed on the base pass as he did his freshman year. But, man, uh, he, he uh, Justin Bench was the fastest player, but but Peyton is the fastest guy on the now. He, I, he probably had four or five stolen bases in the two days that I saw. Oh, wow. He's absolutely – so that could move him up there to that leadoff spot with that kind of speed. And, and Justin Bench, he, he got three clutch two-out hits over the weekend. Um, You know, he's just Bench. I mean, he just – he's so Solid. Good. He's just solid. so solid. You wish you could have him every year. Right. Well, that's good. Uh, glad a little scouting report here on Yancey's tidbits. We're getting ready for baseball, of course. Uh, that's going to be beginning ooh, a couple of weeks from now when Charleston Southern comes to town to take on the Mighty Rebels to start the season out there at Swayze Field. Of course, Yancey, we always talk about it, football year-round sports, especially yeah. now with the transfer portal and NIL and all that. Um, any recruiting news on the football front? Well, they're going to hold those last four spots to after spring practice and see which players transfer where. We already know that Malik Heath is going to take one of those spots. I still think it looks good for Deion Smith at LSU. Okay. To come back, assuming he makes his grades there at LSU, I think now that he knows what he has to do, right? Um, you would hope that he would accomplish those goals and be ready for May. A lot of people were worried that he, since he had to stay at LSU to finish the courses, he'll end up at LSU. And you can all, there's always that chance. I mean, you are spending a lot of time around the environment, around the students, around the players that I'm sure will be recruiting him the whole time. Let's see if he goes through spring practice. If he does not, I think that will tell the tale. If he goes through spring practice, he could get hairy. But I think right now it's still looks good uh, for Deion Smith to return. And then, you know, when they do, I still think that they're going to look for another linebacker. Okay. And um, and maybe a rush in or another offensive lineman. I think that's kind of where they're going to focus in uh, for the, the final, to finish out final the four final spots. four spots. Okay. That's right. And then I guess the biggest recruiting news, Hayden, um, was that our boy Arch Manning eliminated, or I don't know, his – he does not have Clemson. They went from a top five to top four now with Ole Miss, Bama, Georgia, and Texas. Yeah. You know, Clemson Dabo did a really good job recruiting Arch. He really liked Arch. Um, excuse me, Arch really liked Dabo, and obviously Dabo really liked Arch. Sure. I think um, I think that was really a big news because uh, knowing the Manning family, knowing um, things um, you know going on around there. I know everybody really liked Dabo. I know Mom didn't want Arch going that far from home, and I'm sure, sure the family would have liked for him to stay closer. But getting it down from five to four is big news, right? Um, and then you look at uh, Ole Miss uh, in hoops. Uh, their signee uh, Malik Ewing, um, you know, was going to be huge with Brooks graduating this year. Sure. 6'10", 6'11", depending on which recruiting service you see from. <laughs> what kind of sneakers he has yeah, on. Uh, 220 yeah. looks more like 210 to 220 to me, but a cut-up guy. Um, he's His rankings are shot up from, I believe, 148 
to the number 72 overall player in the country. Wow, okay. This year he's really having a dynamite senior season. His team out, out of Lilbourne, Georgia's 10-0 and in district play. <clears throat> he's playing outstanding ball. Um, that's good news for Ole Miss for the future. Sure. Because you got a chance really to return – um, you know, people don't realize that Joyner still got another year option. Fagan still got another year option. Right. Obviously, Ruffin and Morrell, you know, have got several more years. You know, you get those four guys back. Um, you know, you get Malik, another center to replace. And then you try to find a power forward, I think, somewhere, uh, you know, down the line. Maybe a portal guy. That yeah. wouldn't be a bad uh Bad spot to bring in a portal to bring in a good solid power forward guy who's got to, experience. Yeah, you know, that's got yeah, experience yeah. because Malik's going to be a freshman, right? Um, you need was, a plug and play guy from the portal. It wouldn't that. even shock me if they brought in a portal center, sure. you know, and and just kind of brought because you know how uh, you know how Kermit likes to bring his big guys around slow. So yeah, you know we'll see. But um, you know Malik has really shot up the rankings. Regardless, he's really progressing. And, um, you know, that's big news for Ole Miss. And then on the baseball front, Ole Miss's 2022 class, which is going to be huge. We always see every fourth year Ole Miss have a top five class, and then it falls down a little bit because 11.7, they're at recruiting uh, disadvantages that other schools don't have right. without, you know, state lottery and, you know, like Mississippi State, they charge in-state enrollment for – kids that come in from the connecting states whether that's Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama even down to Louisiana spots so um, you know they've got their class right now is ranked number 4 but what's interesting to see is that the 2024-25 they're ranked ninth and 10th and usually people think that Bianco just brings in top 5 classes every year that's not true Right, he does every 4 years and then the other classes you'll see down in the 20s sometimes in the 30s when they don't have much scholarship money Right, but what has changed Hayden NIL that's right so now I think what you're going to start seeing is that the recruiting restrictions Ole Miss has had in the past, things are going to even up. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in the NIL, um, but that is by coincidence. I've never seen Ole Miss back-to-back-to-back years have two uh, top ten classes ever under Bianco. Um, so something's going on. Um, the recruiting is getting more consistent now, and my hunch is that that's because of the NIL. I mean, I wanted uh, you know wouldn't say you're putting on a tinfoil hat over there saying that. I think you're absolutely right. The NAL is just changing the game, uh, everything. You know, obviously the big spotlights with football and you're seeing all these big deals, but, I mean, it's happening in basketball and baseball and the whole nine yards. So it's a game changer, but I kind of dig it, you know? Well, I mean, let's look. Let's be honest. It puts Ole Miss at a disadvantage in basketball. Sure. Because there's just not the funding there right. like there is in but football. But that's not surprising. No, you know? that's not surprising. But in football, it still puts Ole Miss at a disadvantage. Yes, you're seeing these players sign NIL deals, but – I mean, look, are they putting up $25, $28 million a class right. like we've seen from A&M? No, no. nowhere near it. Uh, nowhere in the same stratosphere. So sure. it's a disadvantage, let's be honest. But baseball is going to be a whole different story. Right. Where it's hurting them in football and basketball, it's going to give the opposite effect in baseball because there's so much more support at Ole Miss in baseball than 99% of the uh, teams in the country. Yes. So it's going to really propel them, and I think it's just going to even the field where you see Vanderbilt have so much more talent every year consistently because, you know, 
everybody gets a full scholarship there. So, right. uh, you know, when you get 28 versus 11.7 is a big difference. And now you get NIL, and that can help offset that. Absolutely. Love that. He has these tidbits right here, a little podcast. Of course, you can catch Rebel Yell Hotline Monday nights on your Super Talk local affiliates. You can even go easily to supertalk.fm, and you can find the North Mississippi button, and you can hear everyone there on Rebel Yell Hotline Mondays from 6 to 7. Yancey, always a pleasure, brother. Always, my man. You got it. It's Yancey's Tidbits. (laughs) 